Hey, everybody, welcome to Grow Tential, the podcast where we want to help you grow into your full potential. Uh, we are a father daughter duo. I'm Sarah Berger. I'm Dave. Commonly called Doc, so we'll be calling you Doc in this podcast. All right, that's just fine. <laughs> And today we're going to be talking about something that I think is so, so important, um, and it's identity. Yes. When we get our identity wrong, it's so easy to react in that kind of wrong identity and become someone you don't even know or recognize. And when we get our identity right in Christ, what a powerful game changer that is. So I love to talk to you. Um, We often have conversations where we'll just sit. We... We're our, we call each other the summer friends. That's right. He'll call me and be like, is my summer friend available? Where we can just sit outside and just be together and talk. And so I love to get your ideas and your good thoughts on these. So when you think of identity, like where does it start in your heart and your mind? I believe everybody's identity begins in the creative imagination of God. Yeah. I don't believe that we're just biological functions that randomly show up. I believe that God is a creative genius, and in his uh, great wisdom and by his great uh, kindness, he envisioned each one of us to be a unique soul. Yeah. And it's a game changer when you realize that because the comparison game is so high 2022 with social media access and sometimes you consciously don't even know you're doing it but the comparison game's high especially for women I think um, to be broad in general but I do think that it's a it's a tricky game that you can get yourself into and when you think about God has creatively and uniquely made you Where is a starting point for you and how you understand who he created you to be? So, uh, we begin to recognize that we are different than other people uh, in elementary school. Yeah. You know, it starts showing up. uh, I'm not like that kid. I'm kind of like this kid. the biggest nightmare in the world is junior high <laughs> because uh, you don't really know who you are and uh, you feel all this pressure uh, to, that you got to be this. Yeah. Uh, Kids can be brutal. Terrible. Uh, but usually by high school, we start developing the capacity to recognize this is... Um, I'm good at this. Mm-hmm. I like this. I'm not good at this. I don't like this. Uh, this energizes me. I hate that. And these are the first clues into uh, our uniqueness. Yeah. In high school, it's interesting because I think so many people try to define themselves by what they're not. Yeah. Right? Um, so I wasn't. Or by some crazy group. I'm in this group. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. in that group. Yeah. So when you were in high school, what started sticking out to you? Like what were some of the things that you saw as things you enjoyed or things you didn't or? Well, I enjoyed skipping school. Does that count? (laughs) Uh, Back in the day, you could do it. Um, 
No, I, I, I begin to recognize myself as uh, I'm very extroverted. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very easy for me to make friends. Uh, uh, I enjoy people's company. Uh, I learned, I, I recognized that uh, uh, I liked working. I had a job and I liked making money. And um, uh, I learned that uh, all I had to do was read the books. Uh, if you read the school book, you can usually pass any class. Some of us. And uh, I learned that it was easy for me to read books. So I started having this awareness of uh, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in high school for me, I probably, I don't know, because I'm an extrovert, but I'm also an introvert. And so I have that where I do love to be around people. I do love to have fun, but I also kind of need my space and time. And I think it was harder for me to define who I was because I was um, so stinking insecure, you know. And so you're going to other people and kind of what do they think of me to try to get that approval. Yeah. And... One thing that I love when we're talking about this, God has created you as a unique individual. There's an idea of how do we have an authentic life in that, right? Right. So uh, the thing that keeps us from being authentic is we let others define us. Right. So we learned from Warren Bennis that authentic means you are the author of your own life. Yeah, I just let's repeat that one more time because the first time I heard this, I don't know, it just radically sat inside of me. It's like I just want to think on this for a second longer. So the author is being, I'm sorry, authentic is being the author of your own life. Now, how have you held that in your heart all these years okay so we all grow up in a context and that context is where people make predictions about who we are yeah and what we what will happen to us what mold you're gonna fit where you're gonna excel how you're not gonna excel right what you are what you're not exactly so your parents uh they say you're this or you're that or you're never going to be this or never going to be that a school counselor uh, misjudges you okay we lose our authenticity when we allow the people around us to say who we are and who we're going to be okay so give us an example of that in your life okay so um uh i was uh I was difficult for my parents to raise because uh, I was uh, rowdy and um, uh, not always compliant. So you were kind of the guy that said rules are meant to be broken. Yeah. <laughs> or, or didn't think about it and just broke them. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, it caused my parents to uh, misunderstand me and say if I didn't calm down if I didn't change then my life wasn't going to amount to anything Mm -hmm. and in fact that independence and that energy has been one of the greatest blessings in my life yeah yeah I think it's easy 
one of these, like when you are given a label or someone is trying to fit you into a box you're not meant to fit in, I think that's when insecurities can arise, right? Because right. you're trying to be something maybe you're authentically not. Um, you know, you wearing the tailored suits and having short hair and um, being less rowdy, if you kind of lean towards that, there would have always been a piece of you that was longing for more. Agree? Okay, so, and I would have failed. Right. Because I'm not being my authentic self. I'm being what somebody else who doesn't really know me as well as I know myself uh, predicted I should be. Yeah. Billy Graham made an awesome Billy Graham. That's right. I would make a terrible Billy Graham. Right. Yeah, I think for me, one of the things, so I've grown up in the church my whole life, and I've, um, they call it like the fishbowl effect, yeah. where um, you're seen a lot. So as a little girl, people would know me, and I think they would always assume things yeah. about me. Um, some much better than I deserved, and probably some much worse than I deserved. Yeah. And so for me, it was almost like, so many people had ideas about me <laughs> that never resonated or never um, felt true, but somehow it did maybe feel like there was a pressure to live up to or a pressure to prove that I wasn't something people said. And that... Yeah, sir, I can identify with that. I grew up in the church, too. Uh, sadly, I grew up in a very, very, very strict church. And um, uh, I reached a point relatively young where it dawned on me, it's impossible to please these people. Mm. So in some ways, it was freeing. Yeah. When it, when it finally dawns on you, you cannot please these people. <laughs> right. Uh, They'll love you one minute and... There is a, you, you, there's a freedom. Yeah. Yeah. So when I think about being the author of my own life, there's a form of this where we have to escape the context then. We have to escape what others have said or what others have labeled us. And that can be a very hard thing. Yes, it can. Because these are things that are rooted deeply inside people. Um, and they come from years and years ago, like things from elementary or things from your parents comparing you to your siblings or whatever it might have been. And for years you've believed these, what they said, or lies about who you are, who you should be. And so if you could give one tip on trying to escape your context, of trying to redefine who you authentically are, what would your one piece of advice be? Okay. I, I, could I say too, the, the first one is, um, nobody can do this for me. Yeah. Nobody can figure this out for me. I have to do my own thinking. I have to do my own meditating. I have to become self-aware. I have to pay attention. Okay. And if I pay attention, all the information I need is there mm -hmm. because that it's, it's who God made me. It's there. I just have to pay attention to it. 
So what would that look like? Like, what are things you're looking for? Are you looking for things that you truly like, things you truly don't like? I've talked to so many moms, and one of the things they've said to me is, um, I don't even know what I enjoy anymore because they've kind of lost themselves along the way. Yeah, that, that, that's understandable. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what I enjoy because I have uh, not been paying attention uh, I, I've not been self-aware. Yeah. Um, in self-awareness, uh, we become um, alert. In self-awareness, uh, things enter my conscious mind for me to think about, and those are all the clues I need. Um, so, for example, uh, I'm a party guy. I could have a party every day yeah. uh, 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 our family parties get rowdy um, you if you are that person and you're not aware of it then you uh, you miss the benefit mm -hmm. you're not self-aware so you're not okay there's a there's a shadow part of the party guy who I have to have self-control over. Yeah, uh, you can overdo it. Okay. But the point is, if I'm self-aware and I will pay attention, my true self will speak to me. Yeah. It'll say, this feels good. Mm -hmm. It'll say, uh, you're on track. Mm -hmm. uh, you'll have those in-the-zone experiences where you're just hitting on all cylinders and stuff is happening and... and uh, when I'm not in my authentic self, it's just the opposite. Uh, uh, this is unpleasant. It's confusing. Uh, why do I, I feel like I'm stuck here. Um, so self-awareness leads to a better and more clear uh, sense of identity. Yeah. When you think of your identity now as um, a distinguished man, that's <laughs> a fancy way of saying older, <laughs> you've had a lifetime of doing this. Oh. And something I've respected so much about you is you have not let other people define who you are. And you've been very, very good at this. And now I'm in my 40s and I'm really coming into my own of knowing who I am. And so when people will say hurtful things or huge compliments, like I think you are the one who once told me who said, don't put too much um, weight into the compliments or the dislikes. Don't put too much weight yeah. into that. Um, because if you put weight into the compliments, when the dislikes come, yeah, they hurt worse. They hurt worse. So um, when you think about this lifelong of seeking your identity, of thinking that God has made you in this unique way, in saying that I am going to be authentic and I'm not going to let others define my life, but I'm going to be the author of my own story, how has that guided you for all these years? Okay, first of all, I want to talk to younger people. It's harder to do when you're younger. Yeah. When I was a 28-year-old pastor, I heard again and again, 
you're never going to succeed because you don't do this and you do this. Mm -hmm. It was much harder for me to be my authentic self when I was younger. Um, the older you get and, uh, by being your authentic self, you are going to succeed more. Yeah. Uh, your greatest successes come where you are authentic. Mm -hmm. Your greatest successes are where you're living out your uniqueness. Yes. Uh, so as you live out your uniqueness, you have something to offer that other people don't have to author, uh, offer because they're trying to be something they aren't. Right. So the better you live out your uh, true self, uh, the more success you have, and the more success you have, the easier it is to be your authentic self. Yeah. I like that you hit on it just for a quick second. You hit on um, when we gather who we want to be, when we start trying to find this identity, we have to be self-aware. Yeah. Um, and being self-aware is seeing that there is your best self, and then you hit on it just for a second, your shadow self. Um, when you are self-aware, you can say, I like that you use the party reference because we are loud, we are rowdy, and there's some beauty in that. That's how we're hardwired. Um, but there also can be that shadow side of to excess, you're going to get yourself in trouble. Yes. So when you think about um, how can people start looking for that best self through their self-awareness, through paying attention, how would you encourage them to um, lean towards their best self and away from the shadow self? Yeah, so first of all, I have to recognize that everything that makes me unique and everything that gives me the capacity to uh, accomplish things in life, it has a shadow side. Uh, when I'm functioning as a unique person at my very best, uh, I'm drawing on my strengths and my uniquenesses to do healthy and good things. Mm -hmm. When I'm living in my shadow side, I'm drawing on my strengths and uniquenesses to do um, counterproductive things. Yeah. So let's just take something. Um, uh, to succeed in our work, we have to persuade. Mm -hmm. We have to ask people to do things. We have to persuade them. All Inspire, right. yeah. Inspire. Uh, your authentic self, when you're working in your authentic self and your best self, you're using that strength to actually help others. Mm -hmm. Your uh, uniqueness is inspiring them uh, to do something they might not have otherwise done, mm -hmm. to volunteer, to, to, to give, uh, to serve. Yeah. All right. The shadow side of that persuasive self is you're, you, you, you're not persuading, uh, you're manipulating. Mm -hmm. And you're using your strengths and your uniquenesses to manipulate people. That's the shadow self. Right. Uh, and that is a very, very dangerous part of our personality that we have to exercise great self-control over. Yeah. Have you ever taken the Enneagram test? Did I make you take I, uh, it? Yes, you did. Do you remember what your Enneagram number is? I don't remember. 
So mine is an enthusiast, which means I'm passionate. I love life. It's fun. Um, but one of the dangers is you can take it too far. Yeah. And you, it, you're easier. It, things are easier to not finish well because you want to move on to the next. Or um, things are, um, you can take it to excess. Like a lot of addictions can happen. Right. You know, why have one when you can have five, you know? Um, and that's a really cool tool. Yes, it is. I'm going to take the staff through it uh, in the new year, and I'm going to make you go through it too because I want to see what Enneagram you are because it gives you the it gives you some healthy tools of ways to see this is kind of how I'm hardwired, which for me was very interesting and freeing because sometimes um, when you take these personality tests, you you get to see how you're hardwired in a way that is like for the first time it makes sense. We're like, oh. Okay. Um, maybe we'll do a talk on that one day. Maybe but we'll, I'm, when I'm we do interested. it, maybe we'll bring it on the table. Yeah, yeah these tests have been around. Uh, Briggs Myers I took years ago. Yeah. Um, All right, I just want to end then one more time, kind of going back to where we started because this is our heart of identity. Is So often we try to find our identity and who others said we are or um, – our relationships or our possessions, possessions, gender. There's so many things that right now you try to find your identity in. Um, but one of the things that I try to help so many people see is that your true identity is always going to be found in Christ. That's right. Can you leave us with one more good idea of how to find your identity in Christ? So I, beg- I, I have to believe that God tells me the truth when he says, here in his love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody needs this sense of being loved. Yeah. It's, it's universal in the human race. Absolutely. And if I can begin with the idea that God loves me with an infinite love. And because he loves me with an infinite love, he's going to help me find my best self. He's going to guide me step by step through life. He's going to bring the right people into my life. He's going to help me read the right thing, listen to the right podcast, uh, encounter the things I need. And so I'm looking for the goodness of God in my daily life. Mm-hmm. And when he makes me aware, then I make it part of our relationship with my relationship with him. When God makes me aware that I'm an extroverted guy and he's counting on me to go the extra mile, he's counting on me to m- meet the people that are hard to meet, show kindness to people that are uh, in the shadows. Uh, and I say, I say, yes, uh, I want to do that with you. You made me that kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Then it it becomes part of our daily relationship with Christ. Yeah. All right, so let's just recap quickly. To live in your true identity, you have to understand that you are a unique creative idea from God. Yes. And that you are made unique. And the comparison game is a waste of time. Yes. Um, to live our most authentic life. We have to be the author of our own life. Yes. 
And then you have to realize that sometimes there's a context you have to escape. Yes. People have said stuff that's not true. There's an identity inside of you that you've tried to live that just isn't authentically you, and you've got to let that go. Um, being self-aware yes. to know who you are, how you're wired. And then I love how you said it, seeing, looking for the opportunity to see God every day. That's right. In a unique way. Yeah, where are you? I want to encounter you today. Amen. All right, thank you so much for joining us. We really can't wait for our next podcast, and we're going to be hitting on purpose. Purpose. Have a great day.